It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from. And once again, it is a Sunday morning. Here we are. It's June the 4th for 2023. Have you had a busy week? Are you putting your feet up for today for Sunday. If you've got another day of looking at real estate, good luck with that. Coming up this morning, of course, it is a Sunday, which means that we're into seven days of real estate. What has happened over the last seven days? Well, quite a lot. We found out that Quentin Tarantino went to Yarraville and we spoke to Nicholas Kapoulis from Yarraville. The market is very tight. It's another Melbourne suburb that we find out about. We also once again caught up with Margaret Lomas and found out about first home buyers and more importantly changing attitudes of first home buyers and we took you to Dubai this week. This was really interesting. We spoke with Mario Volpi and discovered a city that is running at its own speed and it's outperforming almost every city around the world and the jewel in the crown is known as the eighth wonder of the world for many in real estate so we'll find out all about that. We also spoke to Russell Rogers about a caravan park investment and does it represent an opportunity for investors to add to their portfolios? Is that something that you've actually given some thought to owning a caravan park. The interesting part about this is that you can do it remotely. And we also caught up with Arjun Paliwell. Of course, he's the head of research from Investigate Buyers Agency. And we found out about the upcoming wave of growth that Arjun is predicting for Sydney investors. So that is all coming up with seven days of real estate. As mentioned, it is June the 4th. If you're celebrating your birthday, happy birthday to you. Anna Kornikova, do you remember her? The former Russian tennis star. She is turning 41 today. And Russell Crowe turning 59. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. We deliver the most property podcasts across Australia every week. It's the main centre forecast. Let's check on your Sunday weather. First we go to Sydney and yes, expecting one or two showers in the forecast and a high today of 20 degrees. Melbourne partly cloudy, 18, no rain for you though. In Brisbane expecting some showers, 23 is the forecast high. And in Perth it looks like you're going to get some rain today and your high of 21. Every morning from 6am across Australia, we deliver you the latest property news, commentary and predictions from Perth to Cairns and from Melbourne to Brisbane, seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Podcast. I think it was five or six years ago where Quentin Tarantino came and opened a movie in Yarraville. Really? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino <laughs> he, came to town? Yep, he put us on the map. <laughs> and what, what yeah. year was that? 
I think it was 27, so it was before, um, before COVID, 2017 or 2018, they had a movie opening and they were in, uh, in Australia and he came to the Sun Theatre and opened the movie. Wow, that's uh, bragging rights, eh, for Yarraville. I wonder if he's done that anywhere else. I guess he has, but what a attraction to have Quentin in town. Absolutely, it was huge. Like, it was just incredible at the time. And just, it's great for Yarraville in the inner west, you know. Like, it's such a great suburb because we've got so many personalities that live here, like footballers, comedians, artists. The gamut is huge. It's such a big melting pot because it's a beautiful suburb. So if you were to go back last year, I'll go back to your memory bank. So at the height of, say, 2022 in terms of the numbers, like the best sort of clearance rate numbers you were getting last year, what would that have been sitting at? Our office had a 95% clearance rate. Wow. So you've gone from 95 down to 25. That's quite telling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the, the list to sell ratio, you know, adjusts dramatically depending on, on the stock levels, depending on the price ranges, vendor expectations. There's, there's such a big mix in there. But if you get it right, they're selling. You know, New York will be saying, we know why, we know why, Nicholas, because that statistic that Melbourne is more expensive than New York. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? I know where I'd be buying. And you were telling me just off air that you had a thousand people go through just 26 properties. Is that right? Correct. It's obscene. The numbers are crazy. So, I mean, where does that all end? I mean, here we are. We're in. <laughs> we're at the end of May. Uh, gee, it's it's hard to predict where that might be in the next few months. I oh, think it's just going to get worse. The demand is going to get greater and greater, which continues to drive rental prices up. Um, and I just feel sorry for the people that just need accommodation. There's just the supply and the demand is so one-sided right now. And the affordability of housing, uh, it has been a factor in decreasing populations, uh, especially in wealthier inner city suburbs, like probably where you are and the lack of infill developments of smaller apartments. Have you seen that to be a problem? Oh, absolutely. You're spot on, like a big problem and continuing to be a problem until they, you know, start to construct a little bit more. I mean, we're, we're quite fortunate in Footscray because there's a Joseph's Road precinct where they've got about 4,000 properties under construction, apartments. But we've seen, you know, a roller coaster ride with values there. But the rental part of them and the investment strategies have been fantastic because they're being occupied immediately. We're a lot more than just real estate. Available for breakfast from 6am, then on the drive to work or in your ear at the gym. In fact, wherever you go, we're available seven days a week. I don't think they're all just turned off by the interest rates because when interest rates were low, we saw a lot of those first homeowners buying their first investment property instead, climbing the property ladder through a bunch of investments, which potentially might have eventually funded their dream home when they're in their 40s or not. These people are happy to rent, happy to move around. We all know that different state governments are bringing in lots and lots of rules to protect tenants so that tenants have a lot more guarantee of tenure than they used to have before. So it's all making for a different attitude to home ownership. Can those people who do want to own their own home trust the Reserve Bank? No, they can't. And we have coming up a new approach to setting monetary policy, which will be a committee of experts made up hopefully of the economists that we trust and do respect 
in Australia today. Hopefully that uh, changes things a little. But I think you can't be buying a property today on the expectation that rates are going to go back down again. I think you always have to be buying your first, second, third home or your investment property on the expectation that rates could go up by a significant amount of money while you have that property and you need to be ready for it. You know, it's really interesting hearing that side of the argument with the 20 to 30s because you project 20 to 30 years out and I think it's a landscape that we're not going to recognise based on this whole delay of buying a property. And, you know, the bigger problem that we have, of course, is those uh, people in that age group who are quite happy to just rent and don't commit to having their own home and the ones that then also don't invest well, we are going to have a whole new contingent of people. We're going to live longer. They're going to all arrive at retirement. They've already upped their retirement age to 67. That welfare bill is going to become a bigger and bigger and bigger burden because we will have these people who reach retirement and not even have their own home that they can then downsize from and draw a retirement income from. This is a big problem, but of course, governments don't look at those greater problems because they're they're so short-sighted. They look from election to election and all of the action they take is designed to get them elected again. Mm-hmm. So being able to say, well, you know, what are we going to do in 40 years' time? Let's address that now. What government ever has said that? We deliver each week more property podcasts than anyone else. It's fast and up-to-date to help keep you better informed. For those people who don't know what the Palm Jumeirah is, I mean, it originally was going to be one of three man-made islands just slightly out into sea. Of the three, only one was developed uh, fully and is still not finished, and that is Palm Jumeirah. It is the jewel in the crown of Dubai. I mean, some people call it the eighth wonder of the world, the fact that you can build effectively on water. It's made up of residential and commercial uh, entities, hotels. Some of you uh, may have heard of the Atlantis Hotel. And recently, there was another uh, hotel slash residential development called the Royal Atlantis, which again is an iconic structure. Everybody wants to live on Palm Jumeirah. It has um, their own private beaches for the villas on the fronds. Uh, there is a cachet about it. There is a, an upmarket uh, trend to, to live there. The villas are, are huge. It's just what people want. And, and as a result, that drives the prices up. There aren't many villas other than on the fronds. The rest is made up of the trunk where there are apartments, hotels are on the crescent. This whole archipelago of of island, if you like, can be seen from space. So it's super, super special. And that's why, you know, people want to want to live there. But it's not quite finished. It's uh, It's been a project that's been running for over 20 years and will continue because there are still pockets of land that haven't been developed. And developers are scrambling to, to grab hold of them because they've seen the value. Uh, but just as a side note, there is going to be a new palm that is coming, which is Palm Jebel Ali. This was a project that was uh, shelved some years ago. Uh, but the developer, Nikhil, is going to be developing this soon, this year. So watch this space. The world will know about it because the success of Palm Jumeirah will be replicated, no doubt, for Palm Jebel Ali, which is coming soon. 
Mm, and and that uh, new development, how far away from Palm Jumeirah is it? When you look at it from the map, it doesn't seem very far, but but it is really. It's uh, it's about a sort of a, a half an hour drive, 20 minutes, half an hour drive from Palm Jumeirah heading towards Abu Dhabi. So it's on it's on the main stretch, but it's, it's pretty much on the borders of Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It will attract, obviously, a lots of other buyers from, from the capital. It's, it's just going to be a huge project that with the success from, from Palm Jumeirah, the second time round, if I can put it that way, will actually ensure its success. When, when they actually launch this, it'll be on everybody's lips. Palm Jebel Ali will be the talking point globally, 100% I'm sure of it. We are your local source for unbiased expert insights into the world of real estate. We are not a real estate company. Our only objective is to help you better understand the real estate market. And I think that this particular caravan space, it's kind of changed, hasn't it, over the years, particularly now because we have rents that are out of control. People are looking for affordable living. The landscape has changed. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, over the years, uh, the main thing people need to remember with a caravan park is you have permanence and you have semi-permanence or you have permanence that live there. So the semi-permanence can only be there 180 days a year. With this park, there's 28 of them and they just pay, um, you know, you know, around about 135 a week and then they just come down and use their, their van or their cabin. And then the people that live there permanently, well, then that's they're permanent. And, you know, there's been a massive change over the last 20 years with retirees finding that, uh, you know, it's, it's very affordable and, uh, and most of them are in, in great locations like this one, you know. So these land lease communities are, are really taking off. Yeah, the thing with the, the cabins themselves, like if you go back 20 years ago, the whole construction of the cabin industry wasn't at a level at what it is now. It is much easier. There's a lot of competition. They're competing, of course, in that space, and that has driven down the price. So it's quite affordable to add extra cabins by the sound of it. Oh, it is, mate. And, you know, some people are putting in the tiny cabins as well. You know, the variety of cabins. Years ago, there was just Jayco and a couple of others that were doing the cabins, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. But uh, but now, if you jump on the internet, mate, it's absolutely astounding the variety you've got and the quality you've got. During the pandemic, rental prices, of course, they have experienced this uh, significant growth which you've talked about. Are there any notable standout trends that people can sort of take advice from or patterns that have occurred during this period? Yes, I've got some interesting data from CoreLogic, which is regarding the monthly volume of rental listings. That sort of standard floor or long-term trends have been around that 148,000 500 across the board. That's been that national listings of volumes for rent. Now, this number has come down substantially, and that's around 91,869 the last time this data came out. And so from that perspective, that is well below the decade averages. That's the first core trend to consider. The next core trend is that building approvals for houses are starting to come back down from their highs of home builder and units have been trickling down for many years from 2016, although they've spiked in recent times. And then when it comes to these rental trends, these sorts of things will start to change the supply, which therefore increases rents as well. Now, the final thing to share is standout locations. Sydney is definitely one with rents recovering pretty quickly. But another thing to consider 
is the actual locations across Australia where the rents have risen a lot since the pandemic. And in particular, regional South Australian Queensland, so Barossa Valley, Toowoomba, even Bundaberg and surrounds. But the Perth, Adelaide, Queensland, these have been the three stories of the biggest rental gains since the pandemic first hit. And they're likely to obviously shape value gains over the long term as well. That's interesting. And despite, of course, the rental growth, interest rates remain, as you say, a key factor as they can potentially lead to costs outweighing rental income, which, of course, is something that investors are only too familiar with. So how does that dynamic impact the overall situation right at the moment for 2023, do you think? This is the most important fact. So whilst all this huge amount of rental growth is brewing, all these yields are increasing on property prices. The truth here is that it's not showing up in the eyes of the buyer. And by that, I mean the clouds above people's minds are the fact that housing repayments have increased so much due to mortgage rates increasing that you're not feeling the net effects of this growth of rent as much. And so as an investor or as a buyer, you're still not feeling it. And that's important to note because the rental trajectory long-term in Australia keeps going up, but interest rates aren't this trajectory that keep going up. In fact, since the 80s, the trajectory has been down. They've had zigzags, ups and downs to have cycles of inflation or economic changes, but the actual trend of long-term interest rates has been down. So when you factor that in, we have a dark cloud above everyone's minds of actual rentable cash flow. Now, the smart and savvy investors are buying properties, recognizing that this interest rate cycle is not here forever, but this rental cycle is not going away anytime soon. It's a problem we could see for years. So if you're buying a property where the yields are improving due to prices being flat and rents rising and rents continue to rise, all it will take is that that dark cloud to disappear being mortgage interest rates. And then suddenly you're sitting on some pretty healthy cash flow and in turn likely to see some growth as well when people return to the markets off the back of that cloud disappearing. Very important piece to consider for the future of investors. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 